0: And, and I've seen friends that have had uh, major learnings because they had to close one business and their second, their next business or their third or fourth business. So, you know, some of them on to like, you know, their 10th business is super wildly successful. And they say um, it's all because of the learnings in the first you know, several businesses. Right. And so I, I like I like winning or learning, um, not winning or losing.
1: Hello and welcome to How Not To Run A Business with your host, Jeremy Jacobs. I've been an entrepreneur for 18 years and I've built a million pound business. I've had many successes and many failures. And in each episode, I sit down and have a conversation about success, failure and how not to run a business, all in service of helping you live a life you love and achieve your version of success. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of How Not To Run A Business. It's me, your host, Jeremy Jacobs, and thank you for joining me this week. I sat down with Mike Fatter, a Canadian entrepreneur, and we talked about the growth of his business that he sold recently for a nine-figure sum. Uh, He was a high school dropout. He started a business at 21 and went on to achieve great financial success with the business and mike is very active on linkedin and i contacted him last year asked him to come and have a conversation with us which he very kindly offered to do so this is the result of that conversation i will hold my hands up and admit that this was recorded last year so we do mention his book which came out which has been out for quite some time which i had a read of which is fantastic and a really interesting conversation. I learned a lot listening back to this episode and I'm very confident that you will. Mike talks a lot about his success, about his views on failure, spirituality, all kinds of wonderful stuff. So if you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner or you just have an interest in the subject then make sure you listen to this episode because you are going to learn a lot. So now it's time to sit back, relax and enjoy. Well, I'm here with Mike Fatter. Thank you so much for joining me, Mike. How are you today?
0: I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, no, my pleasure. I really appreciate you joining me. Um, I I sent you a message on LinkedIn recently asking you to join the podcast. I've been following your journey on LinkedIn um, very closely and one of the things I really admire about you is um, the way you are on social media with the journey that you've had. And I've read your book, grow which was released recently fantastic book managed to get a copy finally over here in the UK and yeah I'm very excited to have you uh here so why don't you just start off by telling our listeners who you are and a bit about your background and journey um
0: yeah I uh I'm Canadian I uh, I was born in Thunder Bay Ontario but grew up in Winnipeg grew up to a um in a single uh single mom uh raised me and my brother and um i dropped out of school in in high school uh partly because i was an overweight nerdy kid and uh i didn't really fit in and so i i dropped out and started working with my mom's support um which i think really led me on my entrepreneurship journey um that combined with you know after i found myself weighing 300 pounds and just eating way too much fast food in my teens i got really interested in health and um and we founded Manitoba Harvest, which really pioneered the hemp food, uh, hemp hearts and hemp food movement in North America, and grew that business over 20 years. And then um, in 2019, we sold it uh, in a very large transaction. And um, since then, I've kind of been living the 2.0 part of my career. <laughs> Brilliant.
1: Yeah, I've read I read your book, Grow. Um, it was released re- relatively recently, wasn't it? Yeah, in the uh, end of March. Okay, great. Yeah, so I, I managed to finish that uh this week and what I love about the book is I've read a lot of business books and I have a view about how people present themselves, particularly people like yourself that have have gone on to enjoy a huge amount of success. You know, if we talk about success, often people think about a financial number, you know, a growth, uh, to a certain number. Is is my first question to you is has When you started, because if I remember correctly, you dropped out of school at 13. Is that correct? Yeah. And you had no formal education. So, you know, there's people like yourself who are a great example, because I speak to a lot of business owners and people who are on their startup journey and they're concerned about not knowing enough about business. There's a lot of people, particularly on social media, talking about business. And it can be quite an intimidating environment to go into and you're a prime example of someone who has been very successful from that perspective. Is that when you started the business? Is that something that you always like what was what was your intention? Did you ever imagine yourself getting to this point or did you or was I know that the purpose of your business obviously was around your own journey with your health and well-being and as someone who I can relate uh, in school for me I was you know the outsider didn't look after myself and my health and well being, so I can relate from that perspective. But what did you have an intention when you started the business?
0: Yeah, I wanted to be, <clears throat> to be successful. Um, I didn't really know what success looked like. I thought a million dollars was success. I wanted to be a millionaire, I guess. And uh, uh, coming from a poor family, and um, and so you know, really set out uh, maybe with that direction. But more so, I just I loved hemp. Um, I was very passionate about health, and I was driven more by by doing that, getting to do what I wanted to do every day, which was working on uh, on my health and working on on the project of bringing hemp uh, commercially available, mm-hmm. because I, I it took us five years to get to that first million dollars in sales, and I realized when we got to a million dollars in sales, a million wasn't success, and, and we needed to be 10 million for really the business that we were building, so it was it was a little yeah. bit <clears throat> deflating uh, at that time, but yeah I didn't have a if, if you would ask me if I thought that the business could reach hundred million in revenue, which we did. I didn't have that clarity um, until we were in business for a good 10 years, and we hit really like $10 million in revenue, then I could see 100. Uh, But starting off, I just I I wanted to be a a success. And I thought that was a million million dollars. Yeah, well, you went
1: way beyond that. Um, And a question on the word success, what is your what is your view on that word because you said like you wanted to be successful and you what that looked like for you was a million dollars now where you are right now has your opinion of success changed what is success to you
0: now yeah I'd sum up success now um as living your best day ever every day um Mm -hmm. and that's obviously different for everybody so there's some soul searching, um, mindfulness practice that one, uh, should do to figure out like, what do you want to do? Um, and mm-hmm. you can, you can, you can take examples from other people. I definitely have. And that's what I put in the book of like going through the journey of, of understanding really, how do you want to spend your time and then organize your lifestyle around that uh, both, mm-hmm. both your, both the personal aspects of your lifestyle, but also your business, whether you're a, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're working for somebody else, like make sure that you know, we get one life, make sure you're doing what you really want to be doing. And a lot of people don't don't think that they they can do that, but uh from my experience, mm. um you can craft and, and draft your best day ever and then uh work towards putting all those pieces into place.
1: Okay. And you 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 talk about that in the book Your Best Day Ever. So could you explain a little bit more about what that would look like for someone?
0: Yeah, it's just it's being really mindful of how you want to spend your day. Um, and I start out with, you know, sleeping well, cause I think fundamentally for health, you know, getting a good seven, eight, nine hours sleep, whatever's right for you, but it's not mm-hmm. less than that for sure. let let's see if you say eight hours of sleep, you know, um, craft putting that into your plan. So you organize the rest of your time around being able to to do that. Uh, and, and this isn't about being perfect, right? Best day ever is not about being perfect. It's about um, having a plan of what you want your day to be spent like. Same thing for, you know, uh, physical activity, like working out's a big thing for me. And so two to three hours a day in my wellness practice, all, all aspects of wellness, stretching, doing yoga, doing weight training, running, biking, swimming, um, hanging out in the sauna, doing cold, cold plunges, um, meditating, breath work. All those are really important for me. It, it, it fires me up and, and uh, really allows me to do all the other things I do in life. So I usually start my day with that. Um, it's part of my best day ever plan, um, you know, work and, uh, how much time you want to spend in work, what time, of, what type of work you want to be doing. Like I've realized that I've, I've had a team of over 200 people when we were at the business was at its peak and, mm. and now I'm a solo entrepreneur. Um, I run my small family office and do advising and consulting work and helping some of my portfolio companies as well as my own personal brand and, and, and personal work. But I, I, I have to, there's a lot to do. There's no shortage yeah. of things to do. And so I, I need to organize my day of like probably four to six hours of work, but like deep work, you know, not mm. messing around. And, and, uh, and that's important. And then I really enjoy food. It's a, it's a big part of my, um, health journey, but, uh, also like there's, there's this connectivity to my family and my friends that way. And so shopping for food and growing food and then preparing mm. food and having family dinners and having having meals with friends and family is, is important. And, and I like to have fun. Um, and whether yeah. that's, you know, doing something that's like playing pool or playing golf or, or playing games, like um, that's, that's an important part of my day. And and you may say like some of those things, are just, it's simple. And I'm not saying it's rocket science to cra- craft <laughs> your best day ever, but I, I think that you need to, one needs to sit down and intentionally scope out and, and it's an exercise in the, in the workbook that to provide just, just put down each aspect of like how you want to spend your work time, how you want to spend your play time, how you want to spend your your family and friend time and, and your health practices. And, and, uh, and, and then you could see how far away you are from living that day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it'll take you a little while to, uh, to create it and, and get all those pieces in play. I've been literally working on my best day ever for 25 years. And, and, and now I feel like I'm, I'm living it the far ma- majority of the time.
1: Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. As you say, there's all these things that people talk about sleep exercise you know spending time doing the things that we love which um which are all important as you say it's not rocket science but you know as someone who's run his own businesses for 16 years it's so easy to get caught up in this hustle and this idea of chasing success and there's a number of people and this is what attracted me to your you know your social media profile and what you're up to because you are standing up and, and speaking out against that. That's what it feels like. Is that the case? I mean, what's your what's your perspective on this?
0: I, I think it's it again, it's so individual. I um I can't say that and, and I and this is a question I ask myself because for many years I worked, you know, eighty sometimes hundred hour weeks when we were growing the business from zero to hundred million dollars of success. Um I'm not sure if, if I would have had the knowledge that I have now and some of the mindfulness and the understanding that I have now, if I could have done it a different way and still built that success, or if that was a critical part of success. So I don't go and tell people like do or don't do. I just, I I just explain to people like have a plan, Mm -hmm. um, and then, and then measure some of the aspects of that plan. Like it's one thing to say, it's one thing to not, um, put a plan for yourself that you're going to sleep eight hours a night. Okay yeah. but if you do put that plan together saying, "Hey, my target is to sleep eight hours a night, then you got to start measuring it um mm-hmm. you know I've had the aura ring for the last three years, but you know you could measure your sleep with a number of apps or Fitbits or whatever now there's so many tools, but measuring it and then and then analyzing it um I think like in business, we learn that all the time like you you have to have a process for something and then and then you and then you you put a measurement and then and then you analyze how you're doing and then you check and readjust that's uh, yeah. so what's more about that and and um uh, but I can tell you, and, and I don't like the word balance, but I think if you're going to be working, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, building your, your dream, you need to be conscious of doing other things to, to offset that and make sure that you're staying. And, and most of that I think is, is, is related around health. You, you know, mm. talk on and on and on about how, you know, and I share how being in, Entrepreneurs is, is really like being an athlete. You need to sleep and eat and train um, like you're going to be running an endurance sport every day because you are with the stresses and and the challenges and the, the pace of learning that you need as an entrepreneur. Yeah, no,
1: I completely agree. We know we, we're not machines and we're not robots. And you know, I I I was the same for a very long time. Everything my business became became before everything else, and then you get into burnout and it becomes a chore and you get run down and you know we i think we have a duty to ourselves to our business and to our teams to make sure that we're operating on our best and you know that consistent message of actually it feels counterintuitive and as you rightly say you know would you have got to where you are if you didn't put the hours in that's what we have to do when we're building a business but it's about awareness isn't it and being able to actually take the time out like you say and think about what it is what you want your life to look like. I closed my business two years ago. I had a food business myself, and Covid completely wiped it out and I spent a lot of time looking at what next and actually, the question I asked myself is, how do I want to live my life? That was the first question: How do I want my life to look um How do I want to work and then that shapes everything else, and everything else slots into that, and you know it it I'm hoping that, that that will work for me, but we'll, we'll, we'll see over the next few years. Um, and one of the quotes that was in your book, which just to come back to the conversation you were saying about money and purpose is, um, you know, that basically, if money mot- motivates you, then you won't make it. And what do you mean by that?
0: Well, I think, you know, money is a, uh, is, is, is a weird thing. It's, it's, um, as it relates to kind of building success, it's, it's a destination for a lot of people. You think if you have a certain amount of money, then you're going to be happy and, and just know that's not true. Um, not saying, you know, money is a tool and um, can buy you time. And with your time, you can, you can create a lot of things, including happiness. Um, but I've just seen, I've seen too many people like, and especially entrepreneurs, I'm starting this business because I want to, I want to make success and I'm going to sell the company, you know, mm. like chasing the money and the money as a destination, like I'm going to get there. And, uh, and the reality is, you know, life is, and, and, and business too are about the journey. Um, the more that you're doing it because you love doing it enjoy doing it, I, I think you're going to be more likely to build success naturally, um, than trying to, um, think about it from, uh, from. From from purely a capitalization, like mm-hmm. I'm going to make money doing this. Yeah. And then exactly. the trap there is if you, I have, I know many successful people that um, have a tremendous amount of money and they're on the hunt for more money and they're not happy, you know, when mm-hmm. you also have to realize like how much, how much money do you, do you need to make um, to live the lifestyle that you want and, mm-hmm. and, um, and not overtax yourself after this mm-hmm. and, and not have the enjoyment in life.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's um, you know, you you could have you could have chosen to have taken your money and disappeared, and you know, retired and gone off and and done what you what you what you wanted to do, but you've chosen to actually take a different route, which is to to go out into the community, the business community, and and help people and mentor people. I know that's a really big part of what you do and I know that that's a really big part of your journey because you had a number of mentors on your journey that really helped you so do you what's how does a mentor how did the mentors in your life help you get to where you are
0: just you know being there to show a healthy example and what what good looks like you know I've I've learned it probably took me longer to learn how simple this can be if you want if you're going to something new right mm. you shouldn't just race into it um and what being a 21 year old uh kid still and and not formally educated in school i kind of just jumped into business i didn't know right yeah um, which is okay um but I, I now anything that i'm doing new because i'm doing new things all the time and trying new things all the time and entre- as entrepreneurs we, we are stepping back and asking myself what does good look like you know, what, 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 and, and I, and I love building and I love the concept of world-class, you know, mm-hmm. um, what does world-class look like for this product, for this service, for, for whatever it is, right. That you're, that you're kind of analyzing and, and what are some examples of, of that, you know, best in class, world-class mm-hmm. and I think that's really helpful before you're stepping into anything because then you can, you can envision what you want. I, I, I love quality. I'm always, whatever I'm going to make if I'm going to make a product or if I'm going to to, um, create a process, I I like it to be kind of best in class. And Mm -hmm. and so that's where mentors come in and and can likely show you some of that healthy example of what good looks like um, Mm -hmm. through their own stories, not telling you what you should do, but uh, explaining kind of what they've done or or just being a witness to some of what they've done. And and I, I I had great mentors in consumer packaged goods, in sales and marketing and ops and finance that showed me helped show me really what good looks like. And then, mm. and then I built that good. And, and even took it past, um, um, and, 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 all of them would say over the 20 years that we were, that we were kind of mentoring and mentee together, it went back and forth. And, and, the, and then there was definitely a space where I could teach them and, and even give back to them, showing them mm. what good looks like and the number mm. of things that I created.
1: Yeah. Cause it's a two way, it's a two way, uh, relationship, isn't it? It's I think, for the people that I speak to when they've come to me looking for a mentor, there's this expectation that the, the mentor is the person that knows everything, and they're in—you know—they hold this sort of um, superior position in the relationship. But as you rightly say, it's it's more of a two-way relationship. So, if someone's listening, because there's a number of listeners uh, on my podcast who are early in their um, entrepreneurial journey, how did you find those mentors, like? yeah, I mean, I, you know, did you just go and ask them or was it about building relationships?
0: Yeah, I'm a big believer in make friends first, do business second. And and as it relates to mentors, likely the mentors that you're looking for are doing the same thing, or I'd say playing the same game as you. So, mm. you know, in the natural products industry, um, there's natural product shows, health food trade shows, but I know the same is true for kind of every industry, right? So whether you're in automotive or you're, or you're in furniture or or you're in the trades, whatever you're doing, there's likely a nonprofit uh, association or organization, and there's likely trade shows where people, conferences where people go together. Those are the best places, I think, to find, you know, because it's probably usually the older guard, the the, the guys and gals that have been um, in the industry for a while and have some experience. Uh, but sometimes it's, it's even peer-to-peer mentors, mm-hmm. you know, people, uh, other entrepreneurs that are in a similar space to you. Maybe they're a year or two, uh, older or down their business pathway. Uh, but likely at those trade shows and conferences is a good place to hang out and meet people. And, and yeah, it's kind of awkward if you go up and say like, Hey, can you be my mentor? But yeah. if you go and say like, Hey, you know, you want to sit down and have a meal together or a coffee together and just chat. And and if there's, cause I think fit is also really important in, uh, in any relationship. And and if you, if there's a, if there's a natural friendship opportunity there, then, then mm-hmm. hanging out and sharing, back and forth to the benefit of the mentor and mentee relationship will become really easy
1: um yeah yeah no, i agree and it went
0: and it went right to the point of you know I, I always think if you meet someone uh do you see a future where you're spending time at their house or or they're spending time at your house like is it that mm-hmm. is it that is it that close a potential of a friendship uh, that i think you you need that as it, as it relates to kind of uh, long-term uh, mentors but again there's there's lots of different forms of mentors and i, I don't think people should underestimate the power of peer-to-peer mentorship
1: mm. yeah no, i completely agree just to touch on you mentioned a, a moment ago about the, the quality side so being you know world-class best-in-class and i recall from your book there was a point where you actually stopped selling you stopped production right because you didn't feel that the product was good enough what that's an incredibly Bold move, in my opinion. Is that, was that purely driven by this, this, this desire to want to make sure it was okay? What was, what was going on and what was that, what was that process like? I guess because you had, you had business partners, you had people in your team, was everyone in agreement?
0: You know, talk me through what actually
1: happened there because it's very interesting. Yeah. Your um, you
0: know, journey. in the food business, you, 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 uh, well, I, I think my desire for, um, Best in class quality or world quality comes from a two two kind of things. One, my my changes in my lifestyle and my health, and I, I and I was I was trying to constantly better myself and again to this continuous improvement, uh, which mm-hmm. is obviously is a big 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 form of quality, <clears throat> especially world class quality. And and I have this theory anyway, but you know, my dad is uh, is from Italy, and uh, and the Italians just I don't know they they uh, they usually. Uh, like to buy quality things and then take care of them um like f- for 20 30 years yeah. like they're brand new polishing them every day you know <laughs> like, i just I, I saw some of that older on older in my life when I started hanging out with my uh, with my dad and so I think those are the two that kind of drive me to you know i i i i naturally like having less things but higher quality in my life mm. is kind of what I've and so when we were making a product you're like well we're not gonna make I never had the desire to make the cheapest product or the it was always yes yeah. invest in quality and and so the more that i understood about hemp hemp seed and hemp foods as we started producing it uh in the early years we did we had issues where certain lots of product were maybe they were okay you know mm-hmm. like um they weren't fully rancid or or but i wasn't going for okay i i wanted it to be uh top quality and and so we did um, not allow products to to go out to the market and and which meant writing them off or or selling them for pennies on the dollar to animal feed Mm. Uh, but I just I felt that was the right thing to do didn't always align with the uh, rest of the team but I I, uh, um, convinced everyone the reasons why you know uh, Mm. both from a qualitative and quantitative analysis of of the uh, of the issue and I believe that's you know our Mantua Harvest Came known for the the global leader in hemp food uh, from a food safety and food quality, and and it it, it was because we built that culture into mm. the business right from early on. Even though it was yeah. costly and sometimes was, you know, that it felt like that would maybe the deciding factor if we were going to close the door. because we didn't have that ten thousand or that fifty thousand dollars really? to lose wow. on a, on a product lot. Wow, that was
1: I mean, just through your thinking in that was was it quite an easy decision to make? Were you like stick to my values stick to what I'm about there's no question here or yeah,
0: yeah yeah for sure and um more specifically when we when you said values like we early on it was it was probably five years into the business but we were still very small right? it took a it took us five years to get to that million dollars in revenue mark but at about five year mark, um, we formalized the core values of the business and quality was the number one value Mm -hmm. of the business. And so as soon as you, and I, and I suggest this to all entrepreneurs, even if you're just starting out or before you start out, if you have an idea of a business, the mission statement that this, you know, the one sentence or two on the mission of this business and then the core values, the, you know, half a dozen or a dozen values um, that are going to be the guide rails for your business are the two most critical things before you ever start your Strategic planning mm. process, mm. Um, and so when you do have those values and they're I, ideally printed on the walls or printed on T-shirts and stuff too, <laughs> it gets a lot. E- it gets easy to 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 uh, make decisions, even if they're hard decisions. Mm. You're like, well, if quality is our number one core value. How are we going to go against quality? You know? yeah, we'd yeah, be, yeah, we'd be fooling ourselves. Yeah, easy easy choice to make when you're
1: when you're when you're um clear on what you're. Yeah, and you want to set about. it up
0: like that, you know, especially yeah. if you're. Uh, uh, if, you know, even with a small team, but as a team grows, like, you, you, people, need to know, um, people need to know those values. So because I'm a big believer in um, quality isn't in a quality of manager's office. It, it lives and breathes throughout the business. Hmm.
1: Yeah. So in terms of now you're, what you're up to, I mean, you're up to a lot at the moment. You, you've got a shiny new van um, yeah. and you're, you're off on a, on a month-long road trip.
0: Uh, will be shortly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, in the last four years since we sold the business, um, let's say the, the 2.0 part of my career now is, and I'm a recovering entrepreneur, so I'm not fit to <laughs> operate a business uh, right at the moment, but um, mm. um, I, I do like supporting other entrepreneurs and founders as an investor, as an advisor, as a mentor, um, as a growth coach. And so that's how I spend my, my work time. Mm-hmm. um alongside you know i did i write a newsletter i have a podcast i, I wrote a book this year and so a, a decent amount of uh well, i'd call those all my mass mentorship tools mm-hmm. and uh, a decent amount of time put into that um and uh, uh but i did commit this year to working 50 percent of my time from anywhere and you're right nice. the, the summer trip now is a i just restored a 1977 volkswagen west Valley, a camper van um and we're going to take it uh, on a 10,000 kilometer, uh, 21 campsite, seven provinces, uh, wow. road trip. And, nice. Uh, super stoked about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 You're living the, living the dream and, um, talk to me about your book. So, um, was that something, when did you, when did you, is that something you've always like on your entrepreneur journey, you thought I'd really like to write a book. Um, and how long did it take you to, to write? I'm interested. Because I've not spoke to many authors. You know,
0: I I just because I grew up with an unconventional path, I, I, I've always thought that I wanted to share that specifically for others that were thinking that, you know, they 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 wanted, you know, maybe they didn't come from a, a nuclear family or they didn't go to school or, or you know, so they weren't formally educated or they, and they wanted to start a business. or you know, I wanted to help give other people permission and, and insights and and um, really lessons that that I've learned that they can that could help make them more successful in their personal and professional growth Mm. Um, and the process was about 18 months to put the book together and I finally you know it it was I'm 25 years as an entrepreneur now Uh, for the last 10 years it's been clear that I wanted to write the book but I finally came Mm. to the point two years ago through the pandemic that I said you know now I have the time and and I'm going to take the time and and do it uh, um, because it's a you know a lot of people would love to connect with me one-on-one but I just don't have enough time to satisfy all the requests but The book and the podcast and the newsletter are my way of sharing um you know one to many and and Mm. sharing some of my mentorship lessons that way
1: yeah because you must you must get a lot of people contacting you to get asked for help i guess yeah
0: and i I enjoy it you know i i Mm. I do i still put i probably have five conversations uh a, a week um uh, maybe five to 10, even depending on the week. Uh, and it's, that's, you know, that's, that's a lot. I've been doing that for the last three years and have literally mm. talked to thousands of entrepreneurs and uh, a lot of founders in the natural product space. And, um, and I just like to connect with people and I like to see if I can be helpful because uh, yeah. sometimes just a, a 20 minute chat and a conversation and and a, a little bit of knowledge on a, on a specific issue or a riddle that someone's trying to solve can be, uh, can be, critical in their mm. in in really the career path
1: yeah yeah absolutely and the book um as I said at the beginning is such a I, I really admire your honesty and vulnerability in the book um I don't read many business books where there's that level of honesty and you really get to see what's going on I often one of my bugbears with um some people when they're t- sharing their success journey is that they don't really go into detail about what was going on. They give you all of the highlights. Um, was that a conscious choice to really go there with, with your book?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think people learn best when they can see, um, I call it a balanced scorecard, but not just the good, the bad, you know, the bad and the good um, nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. And mm-hmm. um, and so I think it's just, it's helpful to learn that way i know i'm in, I'm always interested in uh, yeah don't just don't tell me all the good things tell me the tell me the bad things that are going on and um um but it's it's also a form of therapy for me you know sharing sharing some of my intimate struggles um are it discharges it for me and and uh, and that I feel open like i've like i'm at, like i'm at a therapist office sharing mm. which i've done a lot of and so <laughs> I know it's, so it's there, it's, it's twofold helpful for me and I believe helpful for the reader, helpful for the entrepreneur or whoever else is reading it from a growth standpoint. Cause what I really want to get across is it doesn't matter where you came from or what you started with. You you could build whatever you want in life with a focused attention and a plan and and discipline and hard work. You just can, you know, I've done Mm it. I've done it to a, a tremendous amount of success changing my physical body, um, mm. and, uh, and my presence and then preparing myself for growth and then, and then starting a business and growing a massive company. But I've seen it in a number of other people too. And, and, uh, I just want that to get more out there so that, uh, so it empowers people. Um, mm. some, one of the biggest things that I've gotten besides creating my own success is helping other people create their success. And, and, uh, and, um, after, years or even a decade that uh that have helped some folks like it's magical to see how much someone can grow and what they can accomplish mm.
1: yeah it's, it's it's uh it's very much needed in my opinion it's also incredibly inspiring um you know as you say in your book about communities help build entrepreneurs if i'm paraphrasing correctly from my memory um and it's uh it's it's, it's you you said that you were born a born an entrepreneur you always had that entrepreneurial spirit in you um did that come from anywhere that you could point to or yeah,
0: i think it was, it's more felt like a survival instinct when i say born entrepreneur i born entrepreneur but made a ceo i was made a ceo because you know when you're growing a business you learn all those traditional ceo practices mm-hmm. um how to deal with shareholders and board meetings and be a leader and you know all these different aspects, but entrepreneurship is my way of def- simply defining entrepreneurship is making something out of nothing. Um, and when growing up poor and and being in that kind of survival instinct, not having enough money, not having new clothes, n- you know, not having enough money for for uh, a normal food like it was very scrappy that way Mm. Um, I was always looking for the opportunity of like how how do I make a how to make a dollar and um, and uh, is that turning over rocks and trying to find them Uh, (laughs) uh, you know uh, delivering newspapers uh, you know working working hard and then ultimately realizing that creating something, creating a product that I enjoyed and, and, and others would enjoy too is kind of that ultimate unlock. But uh, mm. um, it, it comes from that, the scrappiness of, of entrepreneurship comes from uh, a place of survival.
1: No, I can, I can completely get that. And in terms of when was there, cause you know, you, you, was there a specific turning point or a, a, was it a light bulb moment as some people might say, or was it, you know over time where you suddenly because it, from from an outsider's perspective, it looks like there was something happened that made you go, I've had enough, I need to change. Was it like that for you?
0: Oh, yeah, in my teenage years, when I um, you know, I so I left school, I started working when I was 14 and, and I was working construction, um, and I felt good about making a uh, making a living, but. I wasn't in a good space. I, I, I was eating way too much fast food. I was smoking mm-hmm. cigarettes and in, in my teenage years and I, I felt just, I felt prey to that and, and, and found myself at 18 years old weighing 300 pounds and just being unhealthy, being sick and tired all the time. And I was sick and t- I literally became sick and tired of being sick and tired. And mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I wanted to feel good. And, and so, yeah, maybe that was the light bulb moment, but it came from me at my worst time, you know, being in pain and, and kind of, pain and suffering each day and 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 i just wanted to change that um and as soon as i got on the roll of changing that like Mm. starting to exercise going to the gym and and um and changing what i my diet what i put in my mouth um i i started feeling a little bit better and that fired Mm. me up to okay Mm. take a couple steps more and feeling a little bit better um and and then and then came like a continuous improvement mentality to me not only in personal life but in business that's that's why i talk about growth because growth is a forever thing um we're we're gonna we're not growing we're dying you know um there is no there is no like status quo to that i believe and so um people should get um get fired up to continuously improve be satisfied with what you have but let yesterday die and and then be your new change today and do that tomorrow and the next day and over and over again
1: yeah no, I, I've gone. I've gone through many journeys in my in my past. I had um quite talked quite openly about it a, a um, drug and alcohol abuse issue in the past, and uh, weight and health has been never been at the forefront. And one of the things which was always really important to me was, to, and I still practice today. And I think what I'm getting from what you shared is that no matter where you are or how you feel about yourself, you can always start again right now. And for example, if I if I got on the scales and I looked at my weight and I've put on weight, rather than beating myself up and giving myself a hard time, it's an opportunity to, to to change and to do something about it. And, you know, I think that's that's very evident in what you've shared and what, what you've been up to in your life. Um my next question is and you talk about imposter syndrome in your book. And is that something that has always been present throughout your journey because in my head and I think in other people's heads, people get to a certain point and then this idea of imposter
0: syndrome seems to go away. Is that the case for you? Uh, no, it's been, it's been throughout. And and I, th- I think more specifically on times that um, I'm stepping into something new and maybe a little bit more unknown or it's fresh. Um, and so I, I think it, it challenges the place of, of growth. Um, mm. Even to the point of after being successful as an entrepreneur and selling the business and getting more into, into um, full-time mentorship or, you know, advising and mentoring businesses. um, I had imposter syndrome around like what, what, you know, who am I to mentor other businesses? I've, I've created success and and a lot of success, (laughs) but uh, that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, I know it all. And then I realized, well, it's not about knowing it all actually. It's just about giving my time because it's, it's a give back thing. um, And, um, and just, doing it being authentically myself right like taking the mm. time and and uh, and sharing what i would do if i was in the person's situation and so um and now so i've realized with imposter syndrome the feeling of it is really just an emotional response feeling uh, very much like the feeling you get when uh you know for people that have fears uh, public speaking as a fear which um, i think most people do i did yeah and i a long time, and I've had to train myself. Yeah. So the, the feelings there—oh, uh, I feel like an imposter. I don't feel like I—I I fit in. I feel you know, I feel uh, uh, out of sorts today. Well, maybe because you're doing something new, or you're in a new leadership mm. position, or or you know, you've been challenged in a certain way. So feel the feeling, but then um, go back and use that as a should I be doing anything different? Should I be changing my plan up? Because um, mm. you know, I think really it's just it's uh, it's it's natural. I think, I think yeah. the majority of people. I've had, it, and I share it in the book, I've had employees and team members at Mentum Harvest that, you know, after giving them a ra- uh, a raise and a promotion from, you know, maybe they were a supervisor and they got promoted to a manager that they thought they tricked me in some way because they weren't ready for <laughs> being a manager. And I said, oh, I, I, I I could see what you need to do to grow and and, and how you need to in, in, continue, continue to improve in that way. But you didn't trick me, you know, but yeah. that's people's people's thought as soon as they yeah. get into a new situation then the then the imposter comes out
1: yeah the the internal internal voice is a incredibly powerful uh one and it really gets in our own way i mean people say that don't they you know you need to get out of your own way first um i i had i had it when i when i came on this uh call with you mike because i'm like you know the classic kind of like oh you know i'm speaking to you um you know, it's just that overwhelming feeling of who am I to be whatever? And it and it takes something to to be able to push past that and show up. And I've actually, um, genuinely I am gonna have this on my um on my office wall. It's a quote from your book, and I'm really not just playing smoke up your ass, I promise. Um,
0: which says, Fuck the rules, be wholly you. Um, yeah. you know, because Yeah, that's the best thing we could do. It gets trained out of us, I think, as we're kids, maybe in school, but being authentically yourself, and I think we're living in a time now where being authentically yourself um, is honored way more than it was, you know, Mm -hmm. 20 years ago for sure, For as I think about it like that. And so, uh, but we're all kind of stuck in, ooh, I don't, I'm a little bit weird in that way, whatever that way of weird is for us. I'm not sure if I want to share all of that because maybe, maybe I'm not going to be liked as much, or maybe, you know, maybe, maybe that's going to affect my job, all these different fears. I'm sure that drive a lot of people, mm-hmm. but I, I, I know that you, know, you have to unleash your superpowers and whether your superpower is, you know, you had some kind of health uh, or tra- traumatic issue or emotional issue or an addiction or a, adhd whatever it is you know that that's what makes you unique that's your superpower you should just go out there and, and and share it because your community your your, your world is going to form around that um yeah if you don't do that if you're not your best self well, who are you trying to be then you know yeah I, I yeah guarantee you that you're not going to be successful with be trying to be someone else but yourself
1: hmm. yeah and there's a lot of people out there i think who are trying to live someone else's dream and fit in and i and i'm i'm guilty of that myself um you know trying to fit in in a certain way but actually it's about i spent a lot of the last five or six years understanding who i am and how i show up in the world and what i have to offer and people are either going to like me or they're going to hate me and it doesn't actually mean anything about me i know well and
0: you can predict that i think this is important you said it there jeremy you could predict that not everyone's going to like you like we could be we can be mother Teresa or, or the best, best version of ourself, you know, and not everyone's going to like you. So, you know, as soon as you realize like, Oh, it's about finding my people. Uh, if someone, and someone doesn't connect, well then, you know, they're not my person and just carry on, you know, like mm-hmm. go and start going, go, go and, and it's, it's a volume game, making friends and building community and, and you will, it, it's, it's, it, and so, um, but it's a fine line there of, um, can you know comparison getting inspiration from others oh look at that person's lifestyle that they're living or the clothes that they're wearing or whatever it is that may i might like that too for me it's kind of attractive for me i want to try i want to try that on for size or getting obsessed with comparing yourself to Mm -hmm. others which a lot of found a lot of entrepreneurs do because we're 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 trying to build business but we're we're reading the headlines and then you see other people having success and you're like oh i just want that so much Mm -hmm. but everyone's everyone's journey is different and unique and there's no there's no one specific time and and not everyone's destined for huge huge success you're just destined Mm. for your success Yeah. yeah couldn't agree more and
1: that's that's what I like about you and how you show up in the world is because it's not all glossy and perfect you're willing to be able to share what hasn't worked what isn't going well you know what is going on and that's that's incredibly refreshing I remember seeing a meme on uh, I think it was Instagram and it, it, someone had written on the wall, um, stop trying to uh, get everyone to like you. You don't like everyone else. And it's just so true. The fact that we run around, it's quite, um, narcissistic in a way to think that we don't like everyone. Why do we expect everyone to like us? Yeah. Um, yeah. I put,
0: I put out a social post cause it came to me the other day when I was doing a talk, um, about, uh, and I think it's just a great example that people could think about, but, um, the Eminem in the movie eight mile, right. When, when they're doing the rap battle and his, his ultimate win on the rap battle is, um, rapping about himself, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he, he grew up poor and, and he grew up in the trailer park and, and, and he, and he, he's had his hard time. He sucked at this and did that, like that being authentically you and being proud of it, because that's your, your journey. I think everyone can learn from that. And if you can get yourself in that place, not only are you going to the world's gonna have nothing to say about you because you said it all already, you know. Mm. You're gonna attract you're gonna attract like people, um, mm. because you're 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 broadcasting who you really are.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's um it's something that I've always been very open and honest, and that's why I started this podcast, which was looking at success. This isn't about not being successful, and as you rightly say, your version of success. But I started this podcast because I had to deal with failure. And the failure of my business, my business closing, it was a personal choice for me to close, it was the right thing for me to do. But there was a recovery period, which I'm still at the tail end of, I've, I'm in a much better place than I was. And rather than go and you know, sit on the sofa and watch Netflix or whatever, and, and hide, I actually decided to lean in and throw myself into it and go, well, what is failure? What, what is, what is it? Why do we shy away from it? I mean, it's quite obvious the answer, but you know, exploring my own journey with it.
0: Yeah, I don't like failure, really. Um, I, I do. I and it's part of the continuous improvement piece. I, I just like the learning. It's all a process, right? We try something, um, and then we execute, and then and then we measure the results of that, and then we analyze those results, and then and then we adjust, and we go back at it again. And I know that. And so that that process is is unlimited; it can go on forever. And Mm -hmm. I, I, so I'm not taking away from, you know, I know you you set out on a project and the project has, has, uh, it didn't work. Um, but, but I know I've, I've, uh, yeah, I've been very successful in businesses, business, but I've had, I've had many, many, many projects within the business that didn't work that could have took the whole business down. Mm. Um, and, and, and so it's like, there's always a learning and, and I've seen friends that have had, uh major learnings because they had to close one business and their second their next business or their third or fourth business so you know some of them on to like you know their 10th business is super wildly successful and they say um it's all because of the learnings in the first several businesses right and so yeah i I like i like winning or learning um not winning or losing
1: okay so you wouldn't use the word failure you said you don't like failure well people i just
0: don't i just don't i don't i'm very i'm very um choosy with the words mm. that I use, especially in my own head. Mm. Uh, and I know people say fail forward and all this stuff like So there's lots of different ways to capture it. I just, I yeah. just like winning or, or, learning because um, if it wasn't successful, whatever you tried, what, what's the two, two or three things you learned from it? How do you turn that back into adjusting your plan? And then I, I found that for me, there's less dwelling on it and more action, more momentum for the future, more, more mm. action.
1: Mm. Have you, have you always been like that as your approach to life? Is that something from an early age or something you've learned? No,
0: I think it's, it's, you know, I, I, maybe, you know, I I'm more like the little engine that could when I started out at 18 years old and 300 pounds. And I just said, okay, I'm, I'm i think that I, I need to change and I'm going to, and I'm going to start to change. And f- just from that time now, you know, 20, 26, 27 years later, um, um, uh, I, 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 I've done a lot I've done enough reps of it that I feel really really confident in that process Mm. Um, enough so that I can show it to other people I know when I hang out with people they they pick that up from me um Mm. but that's not that's not natural that's uh that's um that's just been it's been like I'd say to many people like doing the exercise and doing the reps putting in the work for for a very long time
1: Mm. yeah the the I'll reflect back what I'm because it's really it's a really interesting and uh view um because i am also very interested in the words that i use because words are just words but we it's the meaning and the emotion that we attach to them that has the significance and i talked a lot uh, i do a a talk about failure called failure is an option and talking about embracing failure or however you want to word it and um what has been a very interesting is people's instant response to saying the F word and their response. And they say, fail forward. It's not failure. It's any feedback, all these different kind of like poster quotes that people will say. And, um, but for me, I, I was very interested in, well, have I failed? Or have I not? But my po- my question is, or reflection is that your response is, I'm going to say a emot- lacks emotion. Not a good or bad thing, but it just, it's just—it's very business-like in the sense that you're just like it's—it's it's just an opportunity
0: to learn and to grow,
1: I guess. Yeah,
0: um, a lot of people and, get and an, and, an, and an an there's thing. a there's maybe a there's maybe a spiritual side to that, Jeremy. Mm. You, I don't know if you if you've read the story the 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 farmer and his horse.
1: No, I I might have done when I was younger. Maybe okay.
0: Yeah, look up the uh, it's uh, uh, look up the the the. The farmer and his horse and because it's a story that really hits on what do you what do you know about if things are good or bad yeah you know you say failure um because it sucked like hey you closed a business what if you had that business open and the next day that you went to that business you died you mm. didn't. You didn't know. Like a plane flew into the side of the building, or whatever. Mm. So you don't know if closing of the business is a failure because it might not be a bad thing. It might be a good thing in the in 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 in, in our one life in in this universe mm. that we're living, and so mm. um, and that could be thought of in 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 lots of different things in life. Meaning, I've come to the point of things that happened to me. Um, a big believer in I say things happen for a reason so whatever happened happened for a reason well that's that's a learning that's that's not a that's not a failure so mm-hmm. it's a, a different a different way to attack that same kind of structure and I and I hear you a lot of people like uh, love it or hate it polarize it you create new catchphrases and all that but mm-hmm. at the core of it for me um, I, I I do like that armor and his horse story and i'd encourage you and your listeners to to read that if you haven't it's a it's a very short uh one but it, it it'll leave that spiritual essence of like you, know, you, you, you can't determine what is what is good and bad um mm-hmm. because it could have a, a it could change its trajectory for the future in in a, in a very significant way
1: yeah no i do i i completely agree i think for me that that that's part of these conversations is to discover what is people's relationships to these words. And as you rightly say, this whole morality, this good, this bad, the, the, the mistake that I made, or however you want to word it, I'm now watching what I'm saying, um, is that is that the attachment of about making it mean about something about me as an individual, that I've failed or I'm not good enough or XYZ. And I've always been and I'm accept the fact that I am an emotional person. And so that was my 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 standard response without any questioning but it's a, you make a very good point and it's it's uh it's something that i think i've got a lot from just hearing back and i know people will which is to just question these words and this process um and it's taken me i wish it hadn't taken me a year and a half to get to this point but it has and i'm okay with that process you know and um, it's put me in good stead now for, for what i'm up to next because i've learned a lot in the last few years so um yeah so what's thank you and what's so you're you're off on your your travels I just want to give you an opportunity to share with my listeners and I'll put links to I've got a resource page I'll be putting links to everything in there um but we've got the book we've got your podcast founder to mentor you've um that's relatively recently isn't it that's been launched
0: uh, yeah, the, uh, the podcast, uh, it's been, uh, uh, about a year and a half started mm-hmm. the podcast in early 2022 and the newsletter as well from last year. And, and now the book, the the only other one I'd want to make sure that, uh, because it's a great, it's, it's another one of my one to many mentorship tools is org, mm. uh, which is Greg Fleischman and I's collection of all of our forums, tools and templates that we've used to, to, to start up and grow, uh, our businesses and successfully exit the business, and, and we just made that all available for free for other entrepreneurs. So fatafleshman.org, org, you can go to the website um, and down, just uh, open up a free account, and and you have files from sales, marketing, ops, finance, you know, investor presentation decks, uh, legal documents, HR document, everything that you can use to 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 support a growing business. Uh, and that's been that's been used by thousands of entrepreneurs, and it was written up in Forbes, and um, so that's that's one of our give back projects as well that we've uh, created over the last couple of years. Amazing. And
1: the books available on Amazon is it internationally. Cause it's, yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Uh,
0: yeah. Amazon internationally and, and, uh, and other retailers that, uh, um, that are, that are, uh, I- there's some other international retailers. So depending on where you are, London, uh, in England, it's, uh, probably Amazon's the easiest, but if you're yeah. in you know, uh, other parts of the world, you can create right. other retailers yeah. that are selling as well. Mike my website, uh, m-i-k-e-f-a-t-a dot c-a uh, has uh, has all the latest on kind Fantastic. of all my projects yeah
1: you can also get it on kindle and you've done an audiobook as well i
0: believe audiobooks launching oh, next week it? actually ah yeah, yeah. So okay. it'll be by, cool. probably by the time this comes out the uh, audiobook will be available as well on audible on spotify and to uh, apple and uh, other places that audiobooks are available
1: Well, thank you very much, Mike. I just want to say again, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy man and I really, really appreciate. um, And it's been a great conversation. And um, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks again for having me. Thank you so much for listening in today. This has been How Not To Run A Business with your host, me, Jeremy Jacobs. If you like this conversation and you want to hear more, make sure you're subscribed and following on your favorite podcast platform. And whilst you're there, if you can leave me a review, I would really appreciate it. If you know someone that would love this conversation, then please make sure you share it with them. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can find me on all the major social media channels at Jeremy Jacobs UK, or you can check out my website, which is jeremyjacobs.co.uk. And once again, I'd like to thank you very much for listening in today. And until next time, keep on trying keep on failing, keep on succeeding.